Thank you, Jesus. You know, uh, the Lord uh, talks to me. That's no big deal because uh, he talks to you too. You can't be saved unless he's talking to you. And uh, he was speaking to me during the one song that says, the resurrected king is resurrecting me. How many of you feel resurrected? I want to tell you this this morning, that every time you get resurrected, there's a crisis. Your Christian life is, is going from crisis to crisis. You thought it was glory to glory, strength to strength, faith to faith. Well, in between glory to glory, there's always a crisis. That's right. yes, sir. Anybody else with me? Yes, sir. <laughs> I hate to segregate here, but is there any white people hearing what I'm saying? <laughs> glory to God. I mean, you know, whether you, you don't even have to have faith for it. You know, Jesus said, in the world you will have blessing over blessing. No, he said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world. How many of you remember reading or hearing a sermon about Jesus called Lazarus forth? Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus rose from the dead. He heard the voice of Jesus. He got up and he come out. There was a problem. He was resurrected, but he had grave clothes on. Yes. Now, Lazarus needed help getting out of those grave clothes. But some people would prefer to stay dead than get rid of their grave clothes. And I'm, a, you know, this isn't the sermon this morning. <laughs> so don't worry. Sometimes our grave clothes are past hurts, past wounds. Sometimes our grave clothes are past doctrines that we will refuse to move on from. Sometimes our grave clothes is hanging on to what daddy did to us. Sometimes our grave clothes is mindsets that we refuse to deal with. God wants to take us further and farther. He wants to take us from glory to glory, but the crisis comes when, when we resurrect and we refuse to unravel the grave clothes or allow somebody else. Well, how do I allow somebody else to unravel my gra grave clothes? When, when somebody is telling you the truth and you refuse to move farther than where you are right now. Come on. Oh, Lord, let it continue. <laughs> All right. The Christian life is from glory to glory, faith to faith, but it's also from crisis to crisis. All you got to do is uh, read the Bible. Read uh, Romans chapter 5. You know where it says that, you know, that... Um, the Bible does talk about suffering in the New Testament, doesn't it? A lot of our suffering is self-inflicted. Wow. It's self-inflicted because we refuse to move on. Now, you know, there's what things other people do to us, but how many of you know you don't have to live 30 years in that past hurt? You do not have to live 30 years in the past hurt, in the past pain. Thank you, Jesus. Well, that was just a little revelation I got. I want to talk about this morning the shout of the king, which actually kind of goes along with what we just shared. The shout of the king. So if you will um, turn to Numbers, Numbers 23, there was, a there was a prophet. He was actually a false prophet, but he was giving, he gave the most accurate prophetic word concerning Jesus Christ. And one of the, one of the uh, and how many of you know the, the star that was above Jesus' um, manger that led the wise men to Jesus was actually prophesied thousands of years before. Hallelujah. 
And you know, not every prophetic word that a prophet gives come to pass in their lifetime. Not every prophetic word that you get and it doesn't come to pass in the next week or month or year is not a false prophecy. Sometimes it has to deal with our, rea our reaction to it. Sometimes it has to deal with our preparation. You know, I was uh, in 1976, actually before then, but in 1976, I remember uh, we were hearing from the Lord. We were praying and journaling. And you know what? I, the things I journaled then, I'm doing now. Glory to God. But how many of you know it didn't happen next week? Didn't happen the next day. As a matter of fact, I had to go through trial to get there. How many of you know they don't deal, that when they mine for diamonds, they don't come out? You got a ring? You got a diamond? Hallelujah. She got a couple. It didn't come out of the ground like that. That's nice. Don't show Melody. She want me to get one for her. That diamond didn't come out of the ground like that. That diamond had to be mined, cut, and polished. Well, I was mined. I was saved. I got saved. I heard the voice of God. I heard that God said, you're going to teach my people faith. I heard the voice of God. I went and I prepared. And man, when I got out of Bible school, I was ready to change the world. The world, I didn't, the world didn't have any problem with me. It was the church. I had to get cut and polished. I had to be put on the wheel. You've heard of the wheel within the wheel? Don't worry about what it is. You're going to be on the wheel. You're going to be cut and polished. Because God's got a destiny and a purpose for you. And it isn't going to come the first week. You get a prophecy. And this isn't even my sermon. Let's get back here. Bless the Lord. More, yes. Well, yeah, faith to faith, glory to glory, the shout of the kings among us. So in Numbers chapter 23, thank you, Jesus. Let's just begin in ver uh, verse... Eight. This is just such a good chapter. Yeah, this was a false prophet, but he was given accurate prophetic words. So the, so the reality is, if somebody gives a word that's accurate, doesn't mean they're prophet of God. As a matter of fact, he later on, see, was being paid to curse the people of God. And so uh, God showed up and almost killed him. And uh, he, but then God said, you can go, but just say what I say. Well, after you see an angel standing before you with a sword and your, don your donkey's talking to you, <laughs> you get a rude awakening. I better listen, I better listen to the voices in my life trying to keep this clean. I better, listen to, I better listen to the voices in my life, even though it's a donkey. Even though it's uh, a donkey. <laughs> Some of the people you think are those in your life are really messengers of God. You know what you might... No, I better not say that. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. But verse 8 says, see, he's been paid to curse the people of God. Let me ask you a question. Is the devil paying you to curse the people of God? He says, how shall I curse whom God has not cursed? And how shall I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? 
From the, top of the, from the top of the rocks I see him, and from the hills I behold him. There a people dwelling, not reckoning itself among the nations. How can, how, uh, who can count the dust of Jacob? Or number one-fourth of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous. And let me, and let my end be like his. Well, that's not what the king was paying for. So he says, well, let me take you somewhere else. Give you a different look. And then Balaam gets this word. He says, God is not a man that he should lie. This is one of the, this is one of the places that we have to come to. We have to realize the character of God and that he cannot lie. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do it? And will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed and I cannot reverse it. He is blessed and I cannot reverse it. You know, in Titus, the Bible says it's impossible for God to lie. So anytime you have a thought going through your mind that God has not kept his word to you, that's not the Holy Spirit. Could be another spirit. It could be your, it could be your own imagination. Could be your own hurt or your own pain. But those are the grave clothes that you have to get off of you so that you can walk in total freedom and not just freedom, but, but power and life. God just doesn't want you to be free. Come on, man. You got to be more than free. You got to be blessed. You got to be happy. You got to be enviable. You got to be productive. You could be, you could be sitting on the dock. I've been sitting in the morning come, and I'll be sitting when the evening dawn, watching the ships go in, and I'll watch them roll away. Come on, Antoinette, sing with me. <laughs> sitting on, the, you know what? That guy's free. He's not very productive. Probably not very prosperous. This used to be one of my favorite songs when I was in the Navy. I was just going to sit there and watch the ships roll in. Problem was, I had to be on one of them. <laughs> and when you're on a ship, you go out in the storms. But bless God, when you, you get to the place where you can face the storms, you get to the place where you can go out there and, you know, uh, I'll never have to go whale watching again. But Melody wanted to go whale watching. And so we were in, I think it was Bar Harbor, Maine, Bahaba, Maine. And uh, we went out on this boat, and I just, I had it, fortunately, I had a jacket on, and I had a pair of shorts on. Well, the weather dropped 20 degrees. Man, I was freezing. I, wanted, I didn't want to see whales. I want to get back <laughs> to where I once belong. Get back. Anyway, but, uh, you know, and I was, you know, these whales were coming up. You don't see much, but you see them. And so I couldn't see very well. So I got up and the ship, was, the boat was doing this. So I just got up on, put one foot on a rail and one foot, and I'm just kind of watching the whale. I said, get down! <laughs> As she's getting rid of her lunch, whatever. <laughs> but you know what? When you go through the storms, the storms get to the place where they don't bother you as much. If you're afraid of the storms, actually, you know, you can get to the place where you enjoy the storms. You can enjoy the storms. We're always, I cast that storm out. Man, you're missing a lot. Glory to God. Okay, so anyway, God is not a man that he should lie. Has he not spoken? So God 
as, as I said in Titus, the Bible says it is impossible to lie, that God should lie. So any thought uh, of God lying or God not fulfilling his promise to you is either a, an evil spirit or it's your hurt and pain, your grave clothes that says he's not made me, he's not fulfilled his promise to me. Sometimes the promise is there, you just have to take off the grave clothes. You have to take off the grave clothes. Oh, so, oh, wow, thank you, Jesus. Um, verse 20, he says, Behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. Do you know that uh, this is the old covenant? But we live in a new covenant established on better, it's a better covenant established on better promises. So if in the Old Testament, God would not allow his people to be cursed, do you think that he's changed his mind and decided, well, I think, I think it'll be good for them to be cursed every once in a while. No, it's not good for you to be cursed every once in a while. He says, behold, I have received the command to bless. Do you know that... Uh, you also have received the command to bless. Now, uh, we're not going to turn there, but in, for those of you that like to take notes, in Numbers chapter 6, 23, it talks, it's uh, uh, God spoke to Aaron and the priest, and he said, you are to bless the people. And this is how you do it. And you're familiar with it. The Lord bless you, keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace. And we all say, amen. amen. Make his face to shine upon you. Does that mean he's just glowing? That means he's smiling. The Lord smiles at you. It could be nice if you smile back every now and then. Just lift up, just lift your face up and just give him a big old grin. When things are going good, when things are going bad, whatever's happening, you can just, you know, um, I used to like, you know, I lived in a neighborhood where you just had to fight, you know. And one of the things I used to like to do is let somebody hit me, look at them, and just smile. <laughs> that strikes the fear of God in people, you know. And so... Uh, but, you know, the devil's throwing his worst at, you know, he's throwing, give it your best shot, and you just smile. Hallelujah. And then you cast him out. You just deal with him. But he says, I've received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. Um, it also says in Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse 44, it says, bless those who curse you. I wonder who's speaking there. You think you know it's in red. <laughs> Who's speaking when it's in red? Jesus. I think we call him Lord Jesus, right? Lord Jesus says, bless those who cursed you. Kind of sounds like I, uh, you know, it kind of sounds like, uh, you know, I can't curse you because even if you curse me, I'm supposed to bless you. You say, well, that sounds kind of lame and kind of weak. That's because you haven't obeyed it. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. How many of you ever tried to get back at people? You know it feels good to the flesh. But after a while, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't elevate you. It doesn't lift you up. It doesn't cause you to get anywhere. So he says, um, I received a command to bless. He has blessed and I cannot reverse it. So in other words, let me just uh, tell you this. What is the language? What is the worship of heaven? The pre it's, it's, it's validation and praise. So what is the, what is the worship of hell? It's cursing. It's not cussing. 
Cursing. You know, there's a difference between cussing and cursing. I used to cuss like a sailor. (laughs) I don't do that too much anymore. (laughs) But there's a difference. Sometimes we, we we curse other people. You ever have a problem driving and somebody whips out in front of you? I mean, you need that same deliverance, you know. And, and then they just go slow. They can't wait to get out in front of you just to slow you down. And we say things. We say things. And it's not cussing. It might be mixed with that. <laughs> not me, of course. Verse 21, listen to this. So again, we have a better covenant based upon better promises than the Old Testament. He says this, he says, He, God, has not observed iniquity in Jacob, nor has he seen wickedness in Israel. Does God read his own Bible? I mean, did the people of Israel sin after they came out of Egypt? I mean, the golden calf, didn't that, wasn't that kind of a sin a little bit? But God says, I have not observed. In other words, how many, how many of you have had something done to you, and 20 years later, you're still observing it? It's in your mind. You're rehearsing it over and over God, it's not like God doesn't remember, but the Bible says that he is not observing. He's not bringing it to remembrance. You see, I know he cast it into the depths of the sea. Well, he's omnipresent, so hey, he's already down there. But he chooses not to rehearse it. He chooses not to, to regurgitate it. He chooses not to meditate on it. He chooses to let it go. Let it go, let it go. I remember uh, when Layla first watched that show, my God, and I, and I made a song. Shut it off, shut it off. <laughs> anyway, praise the Lord. He has not observed iniquity. How many of you have done something, you've repented, but you keep rehearsing it and rehearsing it? Oh, God, can't you? Oh, God, please. It's all right to be. It's all right. It's all right. But if it's keeping you from going forward, that's not good. If it's keeping you held back, if it's keeping you, it's actually keeping you in that crisis of belief. Because God wants to take you from glory to glory, but you've got grave clothes on that's keeping you from going to the next glory or the next strength or the next mountaintop. There is that thing that is keeping you held back. And God wants you to be free. Thank you, Jesus. Then in verse 20, uh, yeah, He has not observed iniquity in Jacob, nor has he seen wickedness in Israel. The Lord, his God, is with him. Let me ask you a question. Is the Lord with you? I mean, the Bible says so. Yeah, I'm going to sing you a song. Actually, the Lord uh, gave me a song. And it's kind of familiar, but but the Lord changed the words for me. I'll sing it the original way first. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Papa loves me, this I know, for the Spirit told me so. Even when I'm old and gray, he still loves me every day. Yes, Papa loves me. Yes, Papa loves me. 
Yes, Papa loves me. The, Bi- the, the Spirit told me. So. The Bible says it too. But, you know, we're so, you know, that really ministered to me. That really ministered to me. Praise the Lord. So has he left me because I got old? Does he leave me because, does he leave you because you get old? Does he leave you because you foul up? No, no way. Because he doesn't observe iniquity. He hasn't seen it. Uh, He hasn't seen wickedness. The scripture says that you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now let's go over to, well, let's not go over yet. It says, goes on to say, uh, the Lord, his God is with him and the shout of a king is among them. And the shout of the king is among them. The reality is, is not only is Jesus' shout among us, but Jesus wants to shout through you. Jesus wants to shout through you. How many of you know that when Jesus speaks, heaven and earth is moved and hell is moved. You know, Jesus, Jesus just says to, to a demoniac, you know, come out of him. And, you know, they come whining, Jesus, I mean, they're in fear of him. The reality is, is when the shout of Jesus is, on, is in your spirit, you will speak and they will hear the shout and it will cause them to fear and tremble. Now let's go to, um, oh, what is that? Psalm 8. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 8. Thank you, Lord. In Psalm 8, it says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth who have set your glory above the heavens. Hallelujah. Let me ask you a question. Do you see the power of his name? Do you celebrate the power of his name? Or you just use it. Yeah, uh, some people just use it when they're cussing. Or do you just use it when you're in trouble? Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent. This guy was thinking of it when he wasn't in trouble. This guy was moved with the greatness of God, just thinking about the name of God. And we should be moved thinking about the name of Jesus. Does the name of Jesus still excite you? He says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Are you considering the majesty and the glory of the Lord. If you are, then you're going to want more. Just like Moses. Moses saw a glimpse of the glory of God and he became addicted and he says, Lord, show me your glory. The more you see him, the more you want him. Anything God does that goes beyond our natural thinking, our natural uh, Our natural mindset, we see his glory and we want more. The problem is, is that a lot of times we're not recognizing the glory and or we have gotten to where we take, uh, not take advantage of it. uh, We become familiar with it. You know what? I, I pity the day the Danny just gets familiar with you. <laughs> don't ever get familiar. Don't, don't ever do it. Because I probably think you'd probably let him know how the cow ate the cabbage. Do you know what that means? It took me a long time to figure it out. But, you know, if you have a cabbage garden and, you're, and your neighbor has a cow and he, and you're waiting for that cabbage to grow, but the cow came over and ate the cabbage. You go tell your neighbor how the cow ate the cabbage. Yeah. 
It wouldn't be very nice, would it? <laughs> no. So if he ever treats you just like the normal whatever, you'll tell him how the cow ate the cabbage. Now, does everybody understand that? As I got that from Kenneth Hagin, and he was born 100 years ago. So anyway, <laughs> don't ever, don't ever do that. Yeah, it always, it, I, I can't imagine, you know, I used to hear, uh, you know, men calling their wives old lady. Dear Lord. I mean, not that I fear retribution. I just said, why would you do that? You know, just why would you call your wife that? Anyway. Going on, moving right along. It says, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies. A lot of times we, we equate that with praise and worship. But the reality is your life is to be a worship. You know that uh, there used to be a song and there's a phrase, silence is golden. In the Christian life, silence is deadly. Silence is not golden. Silence, how much time do I have, Larry? <laughs> oh, I thought you were looking at your watch. You don't even have a watch here. You're looking at your freckles. Okay. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Silence is deadly. Because silence gives, silence gives permission to the enemy to do what he wishes in your life. Thank you, Lord. Let's go right along. He says, he says, out of the mouth of babes and infants, you have ordained strength because of the enemies. He says that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. Your words... Not just your praise, not just your worship, but your words silence the enemy. He goes on to say in verse 3, When I consider your heavens. It's not, just what you, it's not just what you know about God, it's what you consider about God. Is God just a Sunday thing to you? Is God just something that, you know, you think about when you, get, when you get in trouble? No. The reality is, is God is something that I consider always. Always. Because why? He is, you know, uh, do you know you, where your next heartbeat comes from? You know your next breath? You know... You know, you're more dependent upon God than you think. So I praise him for my next heartbeat. I praise him for my next breath. I praise him because every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. But when I consider fear, when I consider the enemy, I am considering fear, death, Destruction and depression. Fear, death, destruction, and depression when I consider the enemy. You know what? I don't, we don't have to go looking for the enemy. When he shows up, deal with him. When he shows up, deal with him. I don't have to go looking for him. You know, Jesus didn't go looking for demons. But when they showed up, he dealt with them. All right? So when I consider, when I consider the Lord, it brings light, life, love, and it brings the authority to bring it to pass. What do you mean the authority to bring it past? You've already been given life. You've already been given love. You've already been given everything that you need, but you have to, God gives you authority to make sure that, it, that you bring it to pass. Go on in verse 4, he says, He says, What is man that you are mindful of him? 
and the Son of Man that you visit him. So the reality is, is that the psalmist realized that God had his mind on him. How many of you know God's thinking about you? Even when you're not thinking about him, he's thinking about you. He says, what is man that you're mindful of him and the son of man that you visited him? He says, you made him a little lower than the angels. Actually, the Hebrew there is God, a little lower than God. Don't let your mind get blown. How many of you know Satan's called the God of this world, but he's not God. He's never going to take over God's place. But God has given us authority to, to bring to pass the rule and the reign of God in the earth. Thank you, Lord. He says, uh, made him a, a little lower than God or a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with, uh, with glory and honor. When you get crowned, you get authority. Okay? So let's just take a, take a look to see if any of that applies to us. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you know that the Scripture says in Ephesians that you were raised up with Christ and seated with Him in heavenly places? Where is Christ seated at? Right hand of God. What's God sitting on? A throne. So you're sitting on a throne. And you are crowned, therefore you have authority to bring to pass the will of God on the earth. How many of you know it's a very important that the Spirit of God is speaking to you so that you can walk in agreement with Him and bring the will of God to pass on the earth? The Christ, that's where the crisis comes in. I don't want to do it. I don't want to be embarrassed. Do you think God would ever ask you to do something to where you could get embarrassed? Lord, if I do this, I'll look, if you don't come through, I will look like a fool. I'll look like a fool. You know, if I... If I pray for somebody and they don't get healed, then I'll look like a fool. That used to really be a pressure on me because I was preaching faith and, and, and I was praying for the sick and people were died. That kind of gives you a thought, man, maybe I, better, maybe, maybe I misread the scripture. But no, it's right there. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall recover. Is anyone sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anoint him with oil. And oh, that's right, I need to anoint him with oil. Look, 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 look. And it's, they still didn't get healed. But you know what? I've seen God bring people back from the dead. I've seen blind eyes opened, I've seen deaf ears opened. I've seen people that were arthritic and couldn't move and they had metal plates screwed into their joints and they're totally mobile, agile, hostile. <laughs> hostile against who? The enemy. Because once people get free, they become mobile. Are you mobile? Are you agile? Are you, are you willing to move wherever the Spirit says move? Are you hostile to the enemy? Part of the way of being hostile to the enemy is being loving to people. If you're unloving to people, you're, you're speaking the praise of hell. Ooh, did I say that? So, you have crowned him. Crown him with many crowns. You're seated, uh, you know, you're seated with him. And in Revelation, it says this. It says that um, he has made us kings and priests. Oh, I love the scripture in, in uh, I just see it first or second Peter. It says, um, you are a chosen generation, 
a royal priesthood, a whole royal, royal. It must mean there's some royalty there. I'm going to wear my royals t-shirt to the picnic because I'm royalty. I have to remember the good old days, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, you are, you are royalty. You are royalty. You have the authority. So you are mobile. You're agile. You're hostile. You are, you are uh, royalty. You are bringing to pass the will and the purpose of God. But you're still on the wheel. We're not going to forget that. You know, it's funny. God can, God can use you even while he's polishing you. The reality is, is sometimes that's how he polishes you. Because, you, you know, I prayed and I prayed and people didn't get better. But I was on the wheel. I was getting cut. I was on the wheel. I don't look as nice as your diamond, but I'm shining a little better than I did. <laughs> Hallelujah. So if it doesn't seem like it's working, don't quit. You're just on the wheel. You're just being polished. You're just being, you might even be mine, being mine. But don't give up. Don't quit. Don't stop. The reality is, is, is you are getting ready to shine for Jesus. Shine for Jesus. Hallelujah. I better quit. Joyce is happy. Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on. We're going to have a revival. And then uh, we'll stop. We'll start wrapping down with uh, verse 6. It says, you have, made, you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. So in Luke chapter 10, verse 9, uh, it says, Jesus says, Behold, I give you authority. Actually, they just come back uh, from a missions trip. They said, Lord, even the demons were subjected to your name. Jesus said, Behold, I give you authority. One guy told me, he says, uh, That's not for us. So what do you mean? I said, the Bible says it. He says, well, look at this. It says, Jesus speaks to the 12. But you know what that was, don't you? That's those little notes that people put in there to let you know what's being said. And who. Hey, he was talking to us. In case you don't believe it, go to Matthew chapter 28. He says, Jesus said that, that, they, that the disciples or the apostles or whoever were supposed to make disciples and teach all nations whatever I have taught you. So they were taught to heal the sick, taught to cast out devils. Therefore, they were to teach us the same thing. It didn't stop. Hallelujah. Glory to God. How many of you know life and death is in the power of the tongue? How many of you know that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks? So going back to Psalm chapter 8, verse 3, when I consider. My question is today, what are you considering? Are you considering your weakness, your failure, your fear? Or are you considering, are, do you have your mind on the Lord and uh, so uh, with this last scripture, I said I was wrapping it up. So this is the last scripture. In John chapter, 1 John chapter 3, in verse, well, let's just start with verse 1. It says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are the children of God. Aren't you glad you don't have to work for it? Amen to that. Bless God. You know, if, if Ed is the son of God, then I shouldn't be talking bad about, about, about Ed. Why? Because if I speak bad about Ed, then Papa's going to hear about it. 
And you know, Papa deals with his children. He says, therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, a lot of times people say, well, when Jesus comes back, we'll all just be made like him. I mean, come on. Do you read the Bible? Anybody read the Bible? No, I read my iPhone. Okay, is there a Bible on your iPhone? Yes. When you read that Bible on your iPhone, does that Bible speak to you? It does. It speaks to your spirit. You know, some people, God, God never speaks to me. You wouldn't even be here if he didn't speak to you. But you're reading that Bible, you're reading the scripture, and, you, and, God, and God is revealing himself to you. And as he reveals himself to you, then you become changed. You, be, you begin to see him. You begin to, you begin to become like him. I remember um, just this last story, Joyce. There was this couple that came to our church. This is back in 70s, maybe, maybe 80, something like that. But they were living together. They weren't married. As a matter of fact, uh, before that, she was praying for people to get healed, but she was doing it by demons, you know. So uh, we got her delivered of that, but she was still living with this guy. And we were having a Bible. I was having a Bible study at their house. And you know what? They were reading their Bible and the Lord spoke to them and said they needed to get married. How about that? Amen. You know, God can speak to you when you read his word. Yes. Amen. You know, they got married. Wow. When you see him, you become like him. Well, as a matter of fact, I read in the scripture where Jesus sat down to preach. Glory to God. I think I'm going to like this. <laughs> the problem is somebody brought me a chair one time. I couldn't stay in it. I can't walk around. So hallelujah. How many of you are ready to see him? I just want to encourage you that, um, that you see him in times of worship. So when you see him, you become like him. Do you see him as good? If you see him as good, then you're going to start being good. If you see God as love, then you're going to start being loving. I don't mean you're not going to slip up every now and then. But you just repent and get back to loving. How many have ever lost that loving feeling? Well, you know, God is light. Yes, he is. If he's light, then we're not walking in darkness. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you know that, you know, sometimes you wonder why people don't like you. You don't even know them. That's because you have a light coming out of you and they have a darkness and, there's a, and there is a conflict between light and darkness. Hallelujah. Boy, I could shut, I better shut up now. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I just ask right now, Lord God, that we would begin to consider. How many of you will how many of you will say today, I'm going to consider, I'm going to consider God and ask him to reveal himself to me the way he wants me to see him. The way he wants me to see him. And how many of you would say, I'm willing to go through the crisis of belief? I'm ready to take off the grave clothes. I'm ready. You know, when you take off grave clothes, you become vulnerable. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you right now for the grace of God. I started with this. Uh, the resurrected king has resurrected us. Well, 
we're resurrected by grace. Grace has two things, unmerited favor or the favor of God and also empowerment. When, you, when God resurrects you, he gives you grace to empower you. You are empowered. So, thank you, Lord. Well, Lord, I just thank you right now in the name of Jesus, Father God, for empowering your people. I just break off the, uh, the grave clothes right now of fear. I break off the grave clothes of intimidation. I break off the grave clothes that say that they can't talk to strangers. How many of you, when you were little kids, your parents told you not to talk to strangers? I break that off you, Rebecca, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> you know what? Some of us are still not uh, preaching the gospel to strangers because we were told not to talk to strangers. Well, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just break that off. Lord, we thank you for a spirit of evangelism. Lord God, I break the fear of that off of us in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, that you're going to bring people to us. Lord God, we're going to give the gospel in a way, Father God, that's going to touch their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.